0: Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. A couple of days ago, there was a piece of video that went viral from Toronto. And it was a dash cam video uh, showing a couple of vehicles coming into coming from the HOV lane into regular traffic. And there's a one car going and another one that's kind of slowly creeping up behind. And then all of a sudden, passes on the double, uh, double solid line. Then cuts back in front of the the car that was in front originally. Then slams on the brakes, forces that car to go into a spin. And everybody's kind of, what is going on there? And even I sat there watching it, going, I, I don't. I'm trying to get into the mindset of the driver who was the tailgater and then slammed on the brakes once they passed because I. I I was failing to understand the rationale behind it. And, again, there might have been something that went on before the video showed up. Like, there might have been some sort of, you know, middle fingers in the air, all that kind of stuff. What – I I don't get it. It just felt like there was something – a miss there, and then you see the video uh, a couple of days later in Calgary. Guy going down Deerfoot Trail, or guy or gal going down Deerfoot Trail, and winding through traffic at about a, the 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 poster said it was about one hundred and seventy five is What he figured the driver was doing. And you're going, this is insane. But then at the same time, when if you travel up and down Stony Trail, you know, especially when the weather gets nice. It's anyone's guess how fast the flow of traffic is going to be. And that's the one challenge is how do you uh, go with the flow of traffic when it's about 120? You know you're speeding, but at the same time, if you're doing 100, you become part of the problem, don't you? Like if you're actually trying to be doing the speed limit, you try that for a social experiment. I've done that before. Anyways. Uh, Sergeant Colin Foster joining us now in the program from the Calgary Police Service Traffic Unit uh, to dive more into his thoughts and more on as we head into the long weekend. Sergeant, thanks so much for the time today. My pleasure. When you first off see the videos that are starting to surface of crazy drivers, not necessarily just here in Calgary, but across this country, you see a lot of these kinds of things. I assume you guys get a lot of that video. You're, you're obviously looking at some of the things that are posted on social media, that kind of thing. What are you thinking when you see Some of these, uh, some of these drivers.
1: I'm more concerned about what the possible results could be. Um, You know, from from, uh, previous discussions that you and I have had, um, I tend to deal with all the uh, really serious collisions. uh, You know, the bad injuries and the uh, fatalities and all it takes is for one of these guys to do uh, something wrong or something to happen and they're not going to only kill themselves or seriously injure themselves but other people who are you know just driving down the road minding their own business and doing it lawfully so I always cringe when I see these things and it some it gets somewhat glamorized by um, sometimes the media sometimes um, Hollywood And no, (laughs) just don't do it.
0: (laughs) Fair enough. And one of the things that I always put into, and I, I put this out on Twitter the other day when I saw the video out of Toronto, is I try to put myself into the mindset of the driver who has done that aggressive cutting off of another driver and then slamming on the brakes. I'm trying to understand why. And I assume when you guys pull people over, you're hearing the full gamut in terms of the rationale.
1: You know, what? yeah, we, do, we have all these different excuses that uh, some drivers give us for doing whatever they're doing. I'm late for this, or I've got to get to um, <laughs> my own personal experience. I had somebody shouting at me because they were late for church. Um, there's no reason to sort of like speed, you know, exceed the speed limits. They're there for a reason. They're for your safety and for the safety of everybody else. And you know what? There is no real reason to exceed the speed limits. Um, and like I said, you're not only putting yourself in danger, but you're putting all the other motorists at danger as well. Anything in
0: particular, especially as the weather's gotten a little nicer, albeit that we did have that little little snowfall about a month ago now, but anything that's really starting to percolate now and it, as the weather has gotten a little nicer that you'd like to address?
1: Certainly what we tend to see once the weather gets better is we do see an increase in speed. Uh, this tends to be the start of our busy season, shall we say, for collisions, um, certainly for the, uh, the the really bad collisions. And, you know, not only are we talking about cars, but we're also talking about motorcyclists now. Uh, now the weather's changed, it's safe for motorcycles to come out and... Like everything else, we've got the motorcyclists who want to try and push um, those speed limits um, as much as possible. And the major roadways, in fact, any roadway in the city of Calgary or even in the highways outside of Calgary are not the place to be racing your cars or your motorcycles. And like I said, you're not only putting yourself in danger. That's the one thing I want to stress is, you know, you go past somebody 170 kilometers an hour. They're doing 100 um, The general member of the public who um, may be startled by you coming past them at a high rate of speed, that's going to cause them to do something to react to what you're doing. And that itself can lead into a collision. So we're really emphasizing to all motorists who are using Deerfoot, Stoney, all the other roadways, Keep to speed limits. That's what they're there for. They're there to keep everybody safe.
0: And not only that, but also keep your head on a swivel. I take Stoney every single day, and it never fails. I'm always looking in my rearview mirror only because you never know who's coming up behind you at whatever ungodly speed. But even beyond that, especially heading into this weekend, I assume a lot of people are going to be using this as sort of the kickoff to the motorcycle season, all that kind of stuff. And those little vehicles, sometimes you're not seeing them.
1: That's right. Um like I said, I mean, this time of year, we're not used to seeing bikes out on the road. Um, we have started to um, get some motorcycles out on the road. We've all gone through our requalification that we do each year um, in terms of the police. And the drivers of vehicles haven't seen motorcycles for four, five, six months. So we ask you to please bear bikes in mind. Um, Not necessarily the ones who are speeding, but all motorcyclists. Uh, For motorcyclists themselves, we ask you to sort of ride defensively. Make sure that you are not riding in cars' blind spots so the drivers can't see you. Wear reflective clothing. Wear proper uh, protective clothing when you're on your motorcycle. And I love the term, keep your head on a swivel. And that's not just for motorcyclists, it's for car drivers as well. Because we're not just talking about cars and motorcyclists, we're also talking about pedestrians. Now that school uh, will be kicking out soon for the holidays, um, especially with summer coming up, there's going to be the little guys out on the road, and we want to make sure that they get uh, to where they want to get to safely.
0: All about safety at the end of the day. Sergeant, do appreciate the time as always. Have a great long weekend. You too. That's always the challenge as we go back to, especially on the major thoroughfares, the Stonies and even the QE2, uh, is you've got that mix, right? You have those who are going right at the speed limit or just a little bit below, and then you have that mix with the overly aggressive ones that are doing a buck 30, buck 40, buck 50, or even more. And they're all swerving around one another, trying to avoid each other. And and that's what creates the the chaos. I will say this, and I've said this before, I have never before in my 20 plus odd years of driving wanted to get a dash cam as much as I do right now, just to catch some of the, the insanity I'd imagine. I've seen a couple of uh, YouTube accounts created. It's like bad Calgary drivers, that kind of thing. I want to get the owner on of those YouTube channels on just to, because there are some go check it out on YouTube. If you get a chance, it's something else. Makes you kind of want to stay at home and do absolutely nothing, but maybe rock in the fetal position for a little bit. Let's switch things up a little bit here on this Friday. We'll get back to the text line about the uh, speeding vehicles in just a second. Uh, A lot of great stories being shared on Global News. And, of course, our community reporter, Deb Matijka, is all over it and want to bring her back into the program for our usual Friday check-in. Hi there, Deb.
2: Hey, how's it going?
0: Oh, it is going fantastic. And you guys... It's uh, Friday. It's Friday. Everybody loves it. Everybody's looking for something to do inside, uh, especially Mm -hmm. given the weather. But there's something going on inside CPO, and there's a lot going on. We'll get to the ticket giveaway in a second. But I want to talk about... uh, You got a little bit of a sneak peek into an upcoming show.
2: I did, yeah. Um, So what is happening this weekend with the CPO at the Jubilee is they will be presenting front to back the entire score uh, of Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. So what this means is they are going to be playing the live score, Howard Shore's Academy Award winning score, while the feature film is playing on the big screen above and behind the orchestra. It is... Uh, I think we decided this was a technical term. Going to be freaking <laughs> epic. It's, I mean, like you, you think about the movie, and you know, the the music's always in the background, but the music just it, you know, it does something. Mm-hmm. It just it makes you feel. And then to have it performed live by an entire orchestra, there'll also be uh, two choirs there. It is going to be absolutely phenomenal. I, you know, the weather's going to be crappy. Just go to the jubilee check out the show i i can't wait i'm gonna go to the sunday matinee uh showing and i am so looking forward to it i cannot wait
0: it always amazes me when it comes to those big stage shows and how they're always almost trying to one-up the one before and this seems to be one of those shows that uh they take it above and beyond and think a little outside the box to make it all happen
2: It is, you know, and if you think about it, it kind of is kicking it old school. If you think about films way back in the day, this is how they had to do it.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: They did play the audio live, uh, except it wasn't to this scale. It wasn't with a full on orchestra, nor did it go quite as long as this. This is almost three hours. Right of, right of movie that we're going to be watching that they're going to be playing so you want to tune into global news this evening uh, we have uh, an interview that we did with associate concert master uh, Donovan Seidel, and he is so <laughs> excited to perform this and he uh, gives us a little bit of insight into how grueling this particular performance is is. So you'll want to tune in and check out that. And then you get a little bit of a a preview of what you can expect. Um, You know, so I've never taken my children to the orchestra before, but I will for this performance.
0: Undoubtedly. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a great time. Deb, thanks so much for this and have a great long weekend.
2: Yeah, you too. Stay dry.
1: And today is the beginning of uh, the end of the war on fun with regulations that we are announcing uh, to make it easier for people to uh, responsibly consume alcohol in provincial parks uh, and at uh, festivals across Alberta. It's time to lift prohibition-era restrictions around liquor consumption in Alberta and give adults the freedom to act responsibly.
0: That was Premier Jason Kenny yesterday, ending the war on fun, dun-dun-dun, and ending the liquor restrictions at Provincial Parks for the May-long weekend. Not sure how many people are actually going to be going out, given the weather forecast and everything else that's going on. That being said, it did—at first, I was having fun with it yesterday, and I said, you know, this is kind of funny, it should be the top story almost— On the flip side, there was that part of me that went, there's so many questions that come with this because a lot of people started blaming the NDP for the war on fun, which I found fascinating given that if you actually go back in history, uh, these rules were put in place back in 2010. uh, And it was all in response to issues that were popping up in Alberta's parks when people were being disrespectful to the parks themselves, I remember how bad McLean Creek looked after two thousand nine, two thousand ten, the May Longs of those years, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Pardon me, because twenty ten is when they came into effect. It was bad. So, are we going back to that? Is that the definition of fun now, or what's what's happening? Are there are there concerns here? Should we be concerned? Joanna Scragini is the, uh, is with the Alberta Wilderness Association and she joins us now. Joanna, thanks so much for the time today.
4: Thanks, Joe.
0: Uh, give me your reaction first off to the Premier's decision and, and announcement yesterday that, uh, the war on fun is over and that uh, people will be able to uh, go out and enjoy the wilderness with a, with a beer in hand.
4: Well, this rule was made, you know, over a decade ago now that, you know, we shouldn't be drinking on long weekends, and that was just mainly to help out campers and camping officials because there's a lot of families going out on the Maylong weekend, and it just makes it a more enjoyable experience for everybody if there's not a few people ruining the fun. So actually, I would maybe say that those rules were in place to make sure that everyone else had more fun together.
0: Talk a little bit about the the wilderness aspect of things, because I know pre-2010, especially, you look at places like McLean Creek and all through K-Country and then down towards you know Waterton and that. I know there were a lot of concerns about um, the issues that were popping up as people were popping one too many beverages.
4: Yeah. And it's funny because, you know, me personally, I'm not opposed to having a beer when I go camping either. It's one mm-hmm. of the great joys in life. But uh, the truth is when you get a lot of people packed into an area and people start drinking, they start driving and that's really dangerous. And it's really hard for enforcement officials to keep track of it all. And especially in the spring, it's such a wet time of year. It's it's the most damage that you can possibly do when the soil is really wet. The veg is just very new, so it can't really rebound. So you can do a lot of damage very quickly with off highway vehicles, uh, even if you're random camping, too close to waterways, or if you're just heading out and not looking where you're going, you can, you can do quite a bit of damage during the spring season.
0: Not only that, but the uh, I'll call it carnage, and I know that's not the right term, but it's certainly something that after a, a long weekend, there were issues that were popping up when it comes to uh, the garbage and, and things that were left behind.
1: Mm -hmm.
4: And on top of that, there's also huge uh, instances of mud bogging. I remember going out with an enforcement officer and just seeing my heart break uh, with just a brand new wetland being totally ripped up and turned into mud. And it's impossible for these guys to even keep track of that because what are they worried about? Uh, Enforcement officers want to make sure everyone's safe, uh, everyone's okay, and they don't even have time to look after these environmental problems. And so, you know, as a result, a lot gets damaged, and and that's really concerning. And not only that, it's illegal to do that as well.
0: So heading into the May long weekend and all throughout the summer, now that this uh, this war on fun is now over, what would you like to see uh, the government focus on? Who should we be keeping an eye on or should we be looking at and maybe stiffer fines for those who uh, decide that they want to go mud bogging or that they want to create some damage? What needs to be done to make sure that we, we have that uh, happy medium where we're meeting, uh, allowing people to have fun, but at the same time making sure that we're not wrecking uh, our Alberta wilderness?
4: Mhm I think it's just an important thing to remember that you know having uh rules and having laws actually makes it more fun for all of us and it makes it more safe for all of us like god forbid someone gets hurt in these situations so when you stick to the trails of designated trails you're making sure you're safe and you're also helping respect the environment make sure that you're not running up and down water courses that you know that can get your vehicle not only waterlogged but it's also really dangerous for the fish so stay out of waterways and we do have to have more intense fines for entering waterways and for wetlands because there's serious problems and if you get a big fine, you tell your buddy and suddenly everyone knows, hey, don't enter the waterway. So in many ways, enforcement is education. So getting more enforcement officers out on the landscape and making sure that people stick to the trails and stay out of the water is the most important thing.
0: I'm wondering from your organization's perspective, how close are you going to be watching not just the festivities of this weekend, but throughout the course of the summer? I mean, all you need to do is look outside the window right now and go, maybe the everything is going to be a little downtrodden because of the weather, and, and so it's, it's going to be a bit of a uh, Balancing act and making sure that you don't overemphasize the results of this weekend, but take a look at the the summer as a whole.
4: Mm -hmm. And I think it's just important to know that you know we're in this together, and making sure that everybody takes care of it because it's our public lands, and making sure that we sort of have a say in how they're managed and how they're being used, and the fact that you know they if they're healthy, they give us a lot of benefits like clean water and clean air, and they're just great places to go and enjoy. I love going random camping out there as well, and you know, it's a it's a great place to be. And let's just keep it that way so that, you know, the next person that visits can enjoy it as well.
0: Fingers crossed, Joanna. Thanks so much for the time this afternoon. Of
4: course. Take care, Joe.
0: If you're thinking about something to do over the weekend, one of those possible places might be Heritage Park. And one of the big reasons, and they've been real happy about this, is the SS Moye is going to be back on the water after a year off, Obviously, the Glenmore Reservoir upgrades uh, got in the way of it being on the water. So they took the opportunity to fix it up a little bit. And I wanted to get a little bit of a history lesson on the Moy-E. and so we bring in curator Sylvia Harndon. Sylvia, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Well, it's my pleasure. Give us a little bit of a uh, history lesson on the SS Moe and why it's so significant, uh, especially when it comes to the world of Heritage Park.
3: Well, I think it's, uh, very dear to our hearts and, uh, the original SS Moyi was, uh, built in 1898 and it's preserved at Caslow, British Columbia. It served on the Kootenay Lakes from 1898 to 1957. Uh, shortly after Heritage Park was built and opened in 1964, uh, our, uh, our our people here, uh, especially uh, our first director, Jim Cross, felt it would be wonderful for us to have uh, a boat on the reservoir here uh, to, to help complete our uh, uh, historical village and tell the story of the important link that uh, boats such as the S.S. Moye, uh served on the uh, inland waterways. So we were able to use the original S.S. mori roughly as a bit of a model for this, but this Moi was custom-designed for Heritage Park by uh, Spaulding Associates of, uh, of uh, Seattle, Washington. And it was built by um, the um, Allied shipbuilders in Vancouver, British Columbia. She did her sea trials in the Burrard Inlet in 1965, and then she was dismantled, and the hull was cut into five sections and brought into Heritage Park. And she was all reassembled, and that's a story on its own. Uh, but uh, we were happy to launch her. I think it was the 23rd of August uh, to to bless her and uh, have her christened here on the on the reservoir in 1965. Mm-hmm. So she has served every summer to welcome. Well over a million visitors, uh, passengers, uh, over all those years. Except
0: for last year, right must have been something else to, as you mentioned, put it out of take it into five pieces and and ship it all the way out because I oh, was yeah. sitting there going, I wonder how you managed to get a boat all the way from Vancouver to uh, to Alberta, but there you go. there's the history lesson all in its own, and it probably had a story of its own as it was uh, crossing oh, yeah. the, the border and and getting into into our province.
3: Uh, Yeah, well, like I say, it was built in uh, Vancouver, so it was shipped on the Canadian Pacific Railway uh, in pieces and reassembled here. And I like to recognize the foresight, the vision, the courage, and the commitment of the people who uh, first funded this because her initial building cost $170,000. And you figure in 1965 that was a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You could probably buy about 15 lovely little starter homes on the North Hill in 1965 (laughs) for that amount of money. Oh, absolutely! I mean, you know, it's it's, you put it in perspective. So I'd like to thank uh, uh, A.E. Cross, uh, the Woods Foundation, the City of Calgary, and R.A. Brown for that initial commitment, and. Of course, being out here on the prairies, uh this this little boat that we have, our little ship, is, is very, very dear to many, many people. So it's pretty special.
0: Absolutely. And beyond that is now it's back on the water again. And this is a, a big summer coming up for you guys. And I'm sure it means oh, a yeah. lot to everybody around. There's got to be a, a certain buzz in the air just based off simply that.
3: Oh, there is, you know. Um uh, she was out of commission last year, of course, because of uh, work on the uh, Glenmore Dam. So that caused the uh, necessitated the uh, lowering of the reservoir. But you know, there's a, a silver lining to this too, because we were able to do some major maintenance and a full refresh of the ship. So she's in tip-top shape in Bristol fashion, as we like to say, and we're so thrilled to have her back on the water. In and I know captain andrew he's he's happy as can be and he's ramrod straight and, and ready to go as soon as uh, as soon as we open
0: so. as soon as mother nature uh, gives us a little bit of a a nicer forecast, maybe things yeah. will be even more excited uh, or everybody will be a little bit more excited I'm sure uh, after oh, yeah. that for sure Sylvia, I do appreciate the time this afternoon. thanks so much for giving us a little history lesson there
3: oh yeah it's a couple other things we do have some uh uh events coming up we're looking forward to the return of the captain cruises on thursday nights and uh, new captain's cruise on tuesday july 9th and please visit us on the website for more information
0: you can also follow them on twitter at heritage park yyc the latest on the ss Moye hitting the water again this weekend Just want to take a moment to thank you for taking the time to download and listen to the Calgary Today podcast. Don't forget to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We'll chat with you soon.